Chapter Twenty Six of the Last Egyptian. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Last Egyptian by L. Frank Baum. Chapter Twenty Six. The Dragoman Wins. Antar the Sheikh waited for Kara until his patience was exhausted. Then he left the Dahabiyah and came up through the sands to Fedah to discover, if possible, what had delayed the prince from returning with his promised reward. To Antar this cluster of hovels seemed mean and unattractive when compared with his own village, and these hills were not likely places for treasure tombs. He knew that the French and Italian excavators had been all over them, and found only some crocodile mummy pits. The sheikh grew suddenly suspicious. Kara's promises were too extravagant to be genuine. Doubtless he had deceived Antar from the first, and sought to obtain his services without payment. It was true that Kara was reputed in Cairo to be wealthy, but he might easily have squandered his inheritance long ago. One thing Antar was certain of, the Egyptian prince must produce his treasure at once, or the sheikh, thinking he was duped, would undertake to exact a bit of vengeance on his own account. Thus musing, he turned the corner of the hill and came full upon Tadros, who was expecting him. The dragoman's thumbs were thrust into the pockets of his gorgeous silver and blue vest. He stood with his feet spread well apart, in an attitude of dejection. His countenance was sorrowful and discontented. Ah! growled the sheikh. This is the man Kara requested me to kill. I do not doubt it, returned Tadros meekly. It is so much easier to kill one than to pay him the wages he has earned. Does he owe you money? demanded Antar sharply. Yes, and now I shall never get it. Why not? Have you not heard? Prince Kara came to this village a few hours ago and was met by a captain of police, who wants him in Cairo for more than a dozen crimes. What? Have you brought the police upon us? exclaimed Antar angrily. I? How absurd! I came here to get my money. But they have taken Kara south to meet a detachment of soldiers who are coming from Asyut. Presently they will return here in force to rescue Winston Bay, who is in some trouble through Kara's actions. You are lying to me, declared the sheikh. It is you who have set up the officers upon us. You are a traitor. Tadros appeared distressed. You have known me long, my sheikh, said he, and have always found me an honest man. Never have I mixed with the police in any way. But do you imagine the government will neglect to watch over Winston Bay and protect him from his enemies? Ask the captain when he returns with the soldiers and Kara. He will be here very soon now, and he will tell you that Tadros the dragoman had nothing to do with his coming here. The sheikh glanced around nervously. You say he will be here soon? At any moment. Something has gone wrong with Winston Bay's Dahabea, it seems, and the soldiers are to put things right. Antar fell into the trap. In common with most natives, he greatly feared the mounted police, and had no inclination to face a company of them. Quickly he ran to the end of the hill overlooking the river, and blew a shrill blast between his fingers as a signal to his comrades. Instantly his men swarmed from the distant boat and sped over the sands towards him. The sheikh met him, and the whole band turned toward the north, quickly disappearing among the rugged crags of the mountains. 
Tadros, convulsed with laughter at his easy victory, watched until the last Arab was out of sight. Then he walked down to the Dahabea, where, in the gathering twilight, he cut the bonds of the prisoners, assuring Winston Bay and his party, with many bombastic words, that he had vanquished their enemies, and they owed their lives to his shrewdness and valour. "'You are free as the air,' said he. "'Fear nothing hereafter, for I will now remain with you.' "'Where is Kara?' asked Winston. Tadros did not know, but he suspected that Consinor, before returning from the interior of the treasure chamber, had murdered the Egyptian, whose mysterious disappearance could in no other way be explained. Not wishing to mention the Viscount's name, whose murder might involve both Nephthys and himself in trouble, he stuck to his original lie. "'Kara is fleeing in one direction, and the Arabs in another,' he said pompously. "'I am too modest to relate how I have accomplished this remarkable feat, "'but you must admit I have been wonderfully clever and successful, "'and by remaining faithful to your interests have saved you from a terrible fate.' "'Winston did not answer, for he was just then engaged in holding Aneth in a close embrace, "'while Mrs. Everingham looked upon the happy pair with moist eyes and smiling lips.' But old Lord Roan felt that their rescuer merited more tangible acknowledgment of his services. "'You are a brave man, Tadros,' he said. "'I am indeed, sir,' agreed the dragoman earnestly. "'When we return to Cairo, I will see that you are properly rewarded.' Tadros smiled with pleasure. "'Thank you, my lord,' said he. "'It is no more than I deserve.' "'Just now,' continued his lordship, "'we are bound for Luxor to celebrate a wedding.' "'With Tadros for Dragoman,' remarked the Egyptian, calmly lighting a cigarette. "'All things are possible.'" End of chapter 26 End of The Last Egyptian by L. Frank Baum